From the Transverse Network, this is The Transgender Show, an interview program about self-acceptance and discovery. I'm your host, Emily. This week on the show is Lauren, a retired computer technician who discovered she was transgender in an era when that word did not exist. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Transgender Show. I'm your host, Emily. I'm excited to welcome Lauren to the show. Lauren is a retired computer technician who spent the bulk of her career at IBM, where she eventually transitioned. She was transgender in an era where that word didn't exist and there was little to no information about it to be found. It wasn't until the advent of the internet that she was able to finally find information about being trans and find community with similar experience. Now at 71, after 26 years of HRT and 25 total years of transition, she's looking back on a life well lived. I want everybody to welcome to the show, Lauren. Howdy, howdy. Let's start off with, uh, for the record, how do you identify? With she, her. For the, the title you use to describe yourself, you've said you, you've been in transition for 25 years. Does transgender still fall into your vocabulary of how you describe yourself? Or have you gotten to the point where you just identify as, as a woman? I think, you know, for every day, um, it's it's as a woman because um, mm -hmm. I, I basically went stealth after I transitioned and um, I didn't tell anybody, you know, I tried to hide the uh, history and um, I tried to kind of forget that part of the mm -hmm. past so that, you know, it couldn't be found. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> And I was kind of successful at it, but, you know, that had another uh, downside to it in that I kind of lost the sense of community with the transgender community. And when it came time when I kind of needed the community, I didn't know where to find it. But then I found out that, holy smokes, things have exploded since, since I transitioned. Yeah, isn't it wonderful? There are so many you know, companies like the transverse, like what we're doing, there are yeah. tons of resources, discord servers, you know, Reddit's huge. A lot of people find a lot of their information there. there there's a lot yeah. of good places and that that's wonderful to see that finally there is information out there. If, if you want to look, you can find it in, in seconds, not years like it was for yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into your story. How did you choose your name? Uh, this one is going to be interesting. When I was looking for a name and stuff I, I know that my parents had thought about um veronica or ronnie mm -hmm. and uh, and i thought about that it was i don't know it just seemed not right for me mm -hmm. and i had a young woman who sat behind me in high school and her name was lauren and lauren well every time i turned around she would reach up to her bra strap and bounce it up and down. And I thought to myself, well, that's kind of cute. <laughs> so, um, so I picked Lauren um, as well as Veronica, and we kind of voted on it at a um, magic support meeting, which was a transgender support group in the Washington, D.C. area. Okay. And um, we were all at dinner, and... Um, Lauren actually won. But the neat thing about this is that um, later on, like maybe 10 years later, <clears throat> my mom was going through some 
things that were uh, my dad's. And one of them was a journal that my grandfather had. And I've never met, I never got to meet my grandfather. And um, in the journal, um, he had written down the names for my dad, who I was named after. Um, um, and it turns out that um, if he had been born a girl, he would have been named Lauren. Isn't that cool? Wow, that is such a wonderful coincidence. How pretty. Yeah. When did you first realize you were trans? As I mentioned in the intro, you were going through this in an era where the information wasn't out there. So how did how did you start to kind of realize that there was something about you that was was different? Um, it, it, it kind of began, I guess, you know, as early as I can remember like around five, six years old, seven, somewhere in there. And um, I always, I just kind of felt wrong. You know, I felt like I should have been with the girls and not with the guys. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to say that I couldn't do the guy thing, because I could, um, but I just felt softer somehow or another. I don't know how to explain it. And then at nighttime, I would think about being magically, you know, magically switched. And it just, it felt right. It, it wasn't some sort of a switch that came on. It just was sort of a an idea that I'm not fitting in exactly with these guys. And you mentioned in the pre-interview that you went to the library and looked for some information. And you found um, a book or two on some trans woman, I believe. Is that correct? Christine Jorgensen, I think it is. And I think that's the only thing that I could find. I mean, libraries <laughs> weren't full of anything that said trans in it. Um, and um, the apparently there was this, and I don't know the history. You'll have to forgive me for that. But there was a um, trans woman who... Uh, was born in, I believe, the 30s or the 40s and did undergo, you know, uh, the change and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, I have no idea what they did surgically and all that business, but that's all I could find. And so according to my brain, it was her and me in the whole world, you know, and um, I just I had no idea that there was you know, other people like myself out there mm -hmm. at all. And for a timeline understanding here, what was the, the time between finding that information and believing that you were one of the one of a small, small handful of trans people in the world and finding the Internet information and actually kind of starting to dive in? Oh, God, years. Um, that would have been, let's see, probably 20... 26 years, you know, in, in the meantime, I got married to a wonderful woman. Um, we had three children, three beautiful young men um, who I'm super duper proud of. And don't get me talking or I'll start talking about them the whole time. <laughs> uh, but um, but anyhow, um, yeah, so it it during the marriage, I think we talked about this before. Um, Things started off pretty good. We had a pretty good marriage, but as time went on, 
our roles became reversed mm-hmm. and um she became the dad i became the the mom kind of um, and and what sort of brought that on like what was what um facilitated that shift do you think at that time was it just purely your your internal identity that you was finally starting to come out because you had comfort in that or was there something else going on it it was um it it was easy for uh, you know she was extremely shy and so forth and it was easy for me to be um dominant let's say mm-hmm. and um as she changed um and became uh, more confident in herself um i kind of took a back seat slowly and um and things just shifted around. She ended up being the disciplinarian. I became the hugger. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. It just changed um, in in ways that wasn't satisfying for her. And, um, you know, for me, it, it probably was not satisfying either. Um, mm-hmm. We kind of lost touch with each other. And um, at that point... Um, I started uh, looking around, um, which you and I talked about on the internet, which was in its infancy. And um, I found AOL and chat rooms. And uh, there was a, I happened to put in um, transsexual into the search bar. And all of a sudden I realized I'm not alone. There's tons of people that are like me. And um, I started thinking about things, and I knew that we were in an unhealthy relationship. I knew that she was not going to be happy the rest of her life, and I was not going to be happy the rest of our lives. So at that point, I decided that I needed to talk to her about things, and so I did. Mm -hmm. How did you kind of come to grips with the fact that you're trans? Like, you've you've been seeking this information. You've find it and it's what you had hoped for or thought you would find it was exactly explaining what you were going through how did you kind of how did you come to terms with being trans and then you know approach that conversation with your wife well um at that point um she just knew that you know something was wrong with me and i was going to therapy and, uh, of course, talking to the uh, therapist um, who, and actually, I was his first uh, transgender person. And um, being a transgender therapist back in those days was, you know, not a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you couldn't really find it, um, or at least I didn't. And um, in talking to the therapist, you know, it was decided that, you know, I, I need to talk to her about it. And so, um, so I sat down with her and we talked about it. And, um, in the end it was, you know, decided that, um, like I said, that, um, we would both be happier, you know, splitting at that point. Mm Um, um, and of course it, it, it was, extremely important that the kids not um gets you know have any kind of suffering at all 
because mm-hmm. um, I had terrible guilt, yeah. and um, I felt like I was the reason that um, everybody was going through such a hard time. And really, it's kind of not my fault, you know? I mean, I was born that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's an unfortunate situation for everybody, you know, when you come to the realization um, after you've already gotten into the situation, it, I don't know, it's just, it's something that a lot of us deal with. I think most of the people I've interviewed have been in relationships when they found out. And unfortunately, a lot of times they do, they, they um, don't make it past this because of the expectations going into the, the relationship. And, and, you know, yeah. when you change a major part of it, it's hard for some people to, to hang with it. The good, the good thing was, though, um, you know, my wife went to therapy with me mm-hmm. and um, she understood what was going on um, and that, um, you know, this was not a choice. It was a real problem and stuff. And between the two of us, we quite um, we uh, decided that we were going to do the best we can, could with our kids. Mm-hmm. And we co-parented um, them successfully, I think. At least they've grown into three great young men. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I, I may have lost the love of my life, but I ended up keeping my best friend. So that was nice. What were some of the things that you learned in doing that, in navigating this? Because you said that she she accepted it and, you know, was on board with the idea that this is something that wasn't a choice it was who you really were in an era where that information still wasn't out um you know for cis people to to find was showing her through the message boards that you were on how you kind of got that idea across um or was there some other way where that that helped her to accept that it was mostly therapy the the therapist um he he did an excellent job. Um, he was good in explaining, you know, that um, um, <laughs> I guess even though he wasn't a transgender therapist and had never had one, you know, to experience before, um, he must have done his homework at least at some point. Yeah. And um, it was explained to her, and we both read Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And that's when she... You know, when she got done with the uh, book, she looked at me and she said, we've had a role reversal. And I said, yeah, sure have. You know, having the priority of of our children and, um, you know, just the fact that the two of us still loved each other, you know, um, then it was the only way forward was to um, to you know, be in unison with each other as far as uh, staying friends, you know, and yeah. so forth. What were the biggest challenges you ran into once you came out and once you were living as yourself um, out in a public that, again, didn't didn't know what transgender was? The, the, well, the one good thing that I had was I had um, my friend Kristen, um, who I had met in the, the chat group. And um, she had uh, transitioned the year before me at NASA. 
she really was, you know, kind of my mentor and helped me out with telling me all of the things that, you know, she had gone through. Me, I I was going to work as a guy and coming home at night um, and, you know, switching and trying to trying to get used to being uh, transitioned um, to female. I would go to like 7-Elevens and I'd sit in the parking lot and just sort of wait until maybe it was, you know, not that many people inside. Basically, it kind of looked like I was casing the place to to rob it. Um, <laughs> so basically, it was just, you know, just kind of living a half-life like that um, during that time period. Um, it It's terrible scary. You You know that. I know that. The people that are going through this now know that. And one of the reasons that I do the moderation that I do in our Discord server is um, I want these people to know that after all that crap that goes on, all that um, worry and scary time, you can have a life after that. And life can be normal. Mm-hmm. and um, Or as normal as I am. <laughs> <laughs> So what was it that took you from living the the dual life to living full time as you? Work. Um the I you know I, at that point um with that half half on and half off um the one major point uh that was left was telling work. And I was scared because um I was pretty sure I was going to lose my job. And um, by losing my job, I would lose the um, the support, you know, for my family. And um, not only my family, but for myself. And it, it was horrible. It was just horrible. And the pressure just kept building and building and building. And... You get that push, you know, that um, that sort of push that just keeps you moving forward. And um, it got to a breaking point one day. And I had been at a service call for IBM. And um, I had gotten to the point where I just, I couldn't take it anymore. And I got out of the service call and here I am in a, you know, a suit and tie and um and i i just you know know things are wrong and i got into the car and i probably should not have been driving and i um was in a bad state and i floored the car thank god it was a neon and couldn't <laughs> go all that fast and um i took a run at a bridge abutment and before I came to the bridge abutment. I thought about my kids. And that thought of my kids, um, you know, it saved me. I'm sorry. (laughs) And um, I stopped and I pulled over to the side of the road. And I typed into the little text machine that we use to communicate back and forth with each other at IBM. And I said, I just can't take it anymore. And I went on for, I guess, uh, another couple of paragraphs of just 
you know, being so fed up and so forth, but not explaining what was going on. Mm-hmm. And my boss came on and he said, um, go home. When you get home, give me a call. So I did. And um, I got to to the apartment and I called him. And, you know, that was the moment. And it was either, you know, it was do or die at that point. And so I told him, I said, um, Bill, I am going to um, change my sex to a female. And that there was that little pause. And then he says, well, the company and I will support you 100%. And I went, oh, my God, I'm going to make it. <laughs> wow. And it was I got goosebumps again. <laughs> That's really impressive, yeah. especially, and, and this was about uh, 1996, right? Somewhere around there? This was uh, 96, yeah. Yeah. And um, the, we got into a plan, and IBM was fantastic. They, um, they had diversity training beforehand. Um, basically, I came to work for, you know, for a month until they got, things uh, straightened out and I went to training out in Boulder, Colorado as well. Hmm. And, uh, and then when I came back um, for a week, they did the diversity training and, um, and then I, I came back to work as Lauren and um, they took me around to all my big customers, Bank of America. Thank you, Bank of America for supporting me. Um, and, um, they, um, were just fantastic. I mean, I, I couldn't have asked for anything better. All of my, uh, accounts that I had, all of the accounts said that, uh, they wanted to keep me as their service rep and I had no cancellations. Um, one funny story that I told you about was that, um, one of my first service calls as uh, myself was a place that I had been to two weeks beforehand. And it was a B&O Railroad, I think it was. And in walking into the place, um, I thought to myself, oh, God, this lady's going to recognize me. I know it. I'm going to get busted. I'm going to get clocked first time. <laughs> and um, so I go walking in there, and she goes, um, some guy was here two weeks ago. I'm going, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, such a triumph to to pass that quickly like that. That's wonderful. I still don't understand how it happened, but it did. I remember going to Bank of America um, site, and the woman there, you know, I, I sat down with her and, uh, and with my manager, and she looked over at me, and she goes, I'm pretty nervous. And I said, me too. <laughs> Oh, wonderful icebreaker there. Just like, yeah, we're on the same page. We can do this. Yeah. <laughs> How did your coming out conversations go at that point? Who did you have on your list to come out to? And how did you approach those? I did have a best friend. And um, this one kind of hurt. Um, he was pretty, uh, I guess, I, I'm not going to say right wing, but he was very conservative. And um, for years and years, he was, you know, the, the neighbor 
who uh, always popped up. We played uh, games together. We played tennis together. Um, did a lot of things together. Uh, when my dad passed away, he uh, he came with me to help out. But uh, when I said that I was under, um, he said to me on the phone that from now on we'll just have to be phone friends. And that was the last time I talked to him. Um, he's remained friends with um, uh, my ex, uh, which is fine, but it it still it hurt. It hurt bad. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, um, he was the, about maybe you know. I mean, other than neighbors and stuff like that, I didn't have anybody else that I was really hanging around okay. um, than him. Um, so I didn't have a large group of friends to come out to. At that point, I started trying to find friends, trying to find a group that would uh, allow me to have a new life, so to speak. And I tried to fit into several communities and just never sort of fit anywhere. Um, and I just kind of melted into the fabric of society at that point. So when was it that you were able to find community that you identified with? I know you mentioned that you're a mod on the Trans Community Center server, correct? On uh, Ashley Adamson's uh, mm-hmm. server. Oh, Ashley Adamson. Uh, oh, wrong Ashley. Okay. Um, yeah. Ashley Adamson's server. So, yeah. you know, was that sort of one of the first communities that you found all these years later to belong to? And, you know, kind of, I'm assuming you're able to kind of help and, and advise people with the experience that you have. You know, like I said, I, I went stealth for a long time and I kind of hit a bump in the road. And um, it was, you know, a- after, you know, all the, sitting around by myself for the entire pandemic and, you know, it was just, you know, a horrible time for everybody. But uh, I remember I was going out to go flying because I, I fly um, radio control, long range uh, drones and stuff, airplanes. And um, so I was going up to Gettysburg to go flying with a friend and it was a beautiful day. And um, and I was looking around and thinking, oh, God, life is great. We're all back again. And um, I started taking selfies. That was a big mistake. (laughs) I have not taken selfies ever, really, you know. And I took the selfie and I looked at it and I said, oh, my God, I see him. And I see him bad. And I had the biggest, probably the worst dysphoria I think I've ever had. Um, at that point. And that's when I started going around searching. Um, and I started looking at YouTube channels and trying to find um, different things. And and I was like floored with the fact of all the different um, uh, changes that had happened during that time. And I happened to come across Ashley. And I, I don't know if you've uh, watched any of her videos and stuff, but she uh, talks, you know, a lot about deep things. And one of the things she was talking about was if it's not, if it doesn't feel right, then do something about it. Be a warrior. Um, 
go uh, if you need to make a change, go make that change. So um, that really resonated with me, and um, and I ended up going and getting um, some work done. Let's say mm -hmm. on my on my face. F F F. I can never say that word. F F S. But I call it FFS light because all I did was the fillers, of okay. course, and um, and it 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 made a huge difference, you know, in my life because uh, I I was telling Ashley I said you know, um, how in the hell do I renumerate someone who has given me um, a sense of joy, you know, for what's probably going to be the rest of my life. And um, so the one way to do that would be to give her a hand. So I've been giving her a hand with the uh, server so that she can uh, go do her work and so forth. Oh, that's amazing. So you're the, the head mod then for her server? Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's so great for her to have somebody that's that's pretty tech savvy to be able to, to take that role. <laughs> Well, you know, I knew nothing about Discord mm -hmm. when I first came on there. Uh, the, I had my own server for playing uh, flying games with my with my best friend, and uh, and that was it. Um, so, you know, that I got to uh, got to Ashley's uh, server, and um, and I signed up for her Patreon, and. Um, she mentioned that she was looking for somebody to be a mod so that, uh, you know, could take care of the place while she's sleeping because, you know, she's in Berlin uh -huh. and, um, and me being in the East coast of the U S it's, it kind of works out pretty good with the discord. You know, she asked me, she said, um, well, we need to make it so that we can verify people coming in. So they read the rules and stuff. And I'm going, how do I do that? <laughs> so get on YouTube <laughs> and go try to figure out how the uh, server work. And it's, it seems to be working so far. You mentioned that you've, you've done FFS light. Is that as deep as you've dipped a toe into surgery for your transition? No, I got the, um, BA, uh, boob job. Okay. <laughs> Um, did that. Um, I have not done bottom surgery or anything. I still am kind of on the fence with some stuff. Most of it was because at the time I didn't really have the money, you know, to, um, to do anything. Um, and the, uh, health insurance at IBM, although they were great for everything else, the health insurance wasn't going to pay for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, so, um, so I went out of pocket for the boobs and, um, and that was basically, it. well, I know Ashley's talked to me about it with her, um, situation also is, you know, she doesn't know if she wants to exactly, but, um, with the, um, situation in, uh, Germany, you have to, um, it's like a two year period, mm -hmm. you know? um before i mean if you get approved it's like two years waiting time um until you can actually do it and so um she's putting in you know paperwork um 
but she doesn't know herself, you know, if she wants to or not. So is that an area that gives you a, a, an amount of dysphoria? Is it is it great? Is it minimal? Is that kind of why you've been able to, you know, live with it and I still have this decision? I would say on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being, oh, my God, I got to now, mm -hmm. I'm probably at a 5. Okay. Um, it's it's not a great um, amount of dysphoria because uh, basically the boobs got so big I can't see down there anyhow. So, <laughs> so the boob job took care of the bottom dysphoria. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> That's pretty wonderful. What is your favorite thing that you have learned through your transition? One of the first things that I learned um, and, and it's a small thing, but I would tell this to anybody who's just, you know, getting ready to transition and is going out in public for the first time. Um, women smile at each other. Guys never smile at each other. So if you're out there and a woman goes past you and smiles at you, it's not because you're getting clocked. It's just a thing. Guys never do that. Uh, watch a guy. Guy never walks past another guy and goes, "No, <laughs> doesn't happen." If you go past another woman, she'll look over at you, and you'll get a quick. You know, it happens all the time. Hmm. So I call it the secret handshake. What advice do you have for young or closeted trans people out there? Keep at it. Find your place. I I know it's scary. I know it's terrible at times. I mean, be, being on on the on the Discord server, I, I see people, you know, just starting out, young people, and so forth. And um, just keep at it and find find your place. Um, try not to pull yourself down because I see so much of that. You know, people looking at themselves and and feeling like, oh, I'm just not worth it. Um, the self-esteem in this community is is horrible. I still get that myself. You know, my self-esteem is not that great. Mm. Um, and I I think that's true of true of all of us because we've kind of pushed ourselves um, into thinking that way. I'm not enough. Um, you are enough. Um, you can do it. You can go past the pain, and you can become what your dreams have already told you you are so go for it don't let things hold you back try not to get yourself stuck it's 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 easier than you think it is i love that yeah give yourself the permission to yeah. go after what you need I love yeah it. thanks for listening to this episode of the transgender show from the transverse network Watch this show live Tuesday nights at twitch.tv slash the transverse and later on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the transverse. If you love what we're doing and want to help support the transverse and get access to exclusive content, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash the transverse.